Damo, do you want the first and only certified organic bone broth in Australia? Do you want a broth with no hidden thickeners, yeast extract, salt or flavour enhancers? MP, I want a broth made by hand from start to finish with nothing but love and positive vibes. Well, that's why you're left with only one broth, Damo, and that is Broth of Life. Ho, ho, ho. Choose from dehydrated bone broth in chicken, beef and lamb. You'll also find FODMAP-friendly stock. That's FODMAP-friendly stock, veggie stock and chicken salt, all available at brotheoflife.com.au. And a special for Wellness Couch listeners. Enter the code WELLNESSCOUCH2016 at the checkout before November 30 for 10% off your order. So awesome. The code again is WELLNESSCOUCH2016, only at brotheoflife.com.au. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food reel with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team, in today's episode of The Real Food Reel, we are joined by Guy Lawrence, founder and director of 180 Nutrition. Guy is on a mission to help others decipher what it actually takes to achieve, in his words, kick-ass health. Hi Guy and welcome to the show. Hey, Steph. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the interview. Yeah, really excited to chat with you. As I mentioned off air, I've been listening to your podcast for many years now, so it's good to be able to have you on my show, The Real Food Real. But you haven't been on the show before, so I always like to start with a little bit of background information for the benefit of the listeners. So could you start with us, um, you know, your story and your health and wellness journey? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, wow. So I, I was intrigued by this question and where to start because there's, there's so much to it. But, you know, ultimately, for fast forward right to this point, I'm part of a company called 180 Nutrition. And it all started because of what happened essentially almost in a weekend that it it I I finally realized that, you know, you can have a lot of beliefs and how you perceive nutrition and the world and everything else. And that got sort of turned upside down in one hit. And I was like, wow. And then from that point on, I've been open and, and sort of been inquisitive ever since. So taking it all the way back, I was uh, emigrated to Australia. I think it's now 11 years. I'm a Welshman. If uh, people are wondering what my accent is. <laughs> and um yeah, and I've always been into health and fitness, and I got to Australia, and it was like a clean start for me. I really wanted to start getting involved and doing more about what I loved, and I thought Australia, you know, the land of opportunity is a great place to do it, and I ended up in Sydney, and uh, I became a fitness trainer, and uh, I spent many years working at the UTS uh, University in Sydney, just in near Central Station there, and and I was in a really privileged spot because the you know state of the art te- uh, state of the art technology they were f- around fantastic people and uh, it just exposed me to a great world you know in health and fitness and interestingly enough though it was um sorry i'm just closing the, the browser <laughs> interestingly enough even at that time i was a little bit frustrated and concerned about what was happening because 
what I've been taught and trained and was applying to people because I was working with people from elite end. So say athletes even trying to get into the Olympics and doing their training programs to the corporate person, you know, that came across the road uh, from the city to, you know, weight loss. And then even I would f- flirt with skills uh, with people that might be uh, just been diagnosed diabetes in their 40s or high blood pressure and so forth. And their doctors giving them a bit of a scare. And that was kind of spectrum of people I was exposed to and at the same time even though I was applying you know um, uh, weight training and cardiovascular programs and fitness programs and so forth to them there were still many aspects that I felt needed to try and improve one's health and I couldn't quite figure it out because at the time 10 years ago you know I was sitting smack bang in the middle of the low fat diet and that's what we did you counted your calories you 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 carb loaded and and uh, it was still not having an effect and it was even affecting my health at the time and I, I just couldn't work it out and I was fortunate enough one day and I and I still wonder to this day how the hell it all happened but a friend of mine rang me up uh, out of the blue and he said and he was a very dear friend so I trusted him and he said mate I've I stumbled across this charity over the weekend and I got talking to them and they were they were helping people with cancer and and I still couldn't put the link together uh, why he was telling me this. And, and he said, well, he said, ultimately what they're doing, they're, they're using weight training and nutrition and a few other um, alternative was the word he used, but I hate that word, um, strategies to support them and try and rehabilitate them. And, and I was intrigued because of the weight training component, uh, essentially. And he said, why don't you reach out to them and see what they're up to? And, and I kind of didn't didn't really think much about it. And I went, oh, yeah, 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 that's interesting. But, it, you know, life life goes on. You, you stay busy and you carry on. But then but then he persisted and he sent some audios down to me, I think, a couple of, a couple of weeks later. And I th- there were CDs. So back in the day, CDs. Uh, it moved on from cassette at that point, I think. And... Um, and I started listening to some of the lectures that they were talking about, and I was absolutely fascinated with what they were starting to say. So, um, and it was conflicting everything I'd been taught, um, and one of them being actually incorporating a lot more fat in the diet. And this was actually targeting more for people that was with chronic disease. It wasn't sort of so people were in a crisis mode as opposed to they were at their optimum health. And uh, I just I rang them up and. And started, and they were very open to it. You know, fitness trainer from Sydney uh, started talking to them, and they they started to tell me a story about a lady who had uh, breast cancer. And they said, "We'll give you an example. Like, like we've this was the charity telling me that like we've had over a thousand people through the doors in seven years, um, and we're applying these strategies. And there was a lady with breast cancer that she, they, I think, had returned for the third time. She was in her sixties, and she she decided she had enough. She wasn't going to have any chemotherapy uh or treatment because it was just you know it was just it's quite brutal you know it it knocks you back and and she said i'm looking for an alternative approach and they applied it and they said look you know she's still here two years later and doing quite well and and that that whole story just just i don't know fascinated me and i and i needed to know more um and needed to see it from my own eyes because every single part of me was like really you know Surely, surely the medical system and the way the world works and the technology and the access to information we have, even though it's improved a hell of a lot in the space of 10 years, we'd be looking at these kind of things more. And 
Um, so, you know, and and for some reason I got on the plane and flew up there and spent a weekend up there with them because they were having a lecture in there. And yeah, so I, I'll, I'll just keep going with this story. I might as well finish it out. So I, I get up there, Steph, and and, and I, I was exposed to a world. There's about 35 people in the room. They all were diagnosed with cancer at different levels. You know, I'm talking lung cancer, breast cancer, um, ovary, you know, uh, there was a brain tumor in there, prostate, you know, it was all quite heavy cases. And the, and I sat down to next to a lady and she was younger, than, probably the same age as me, actually. She was a single mom. And I said, oh, what, what are you doing here? And she said, oh, I've got a four inch brain tumor. And I remember thinking, my God, you know, and it put, started to put my life into perspective because I'd never really been around anyone that was kind of fighting for their life before. I've been quite fortunate through mine. And and she said, well, you know, they, they found this brain tumor and they diagnosed me with three months to live. And I, I had no alternative. I didn't know what to do. So I started looking through the Internet. I found this charity and then um I applied for the program and I came up and I said, how long ago was that? And she said, 12 months. So, so mm-hmm. it had expanded upon her life at that point. And, and it just blew me away. And I saw from my own eyes, the power of, of lifestyle changes firsthand. And I don't want to paint a rosy picture. It wasn't, you know, everyone's cured or, yeah. or anything like that, but there was a, there was a direct response to actually empowering oneself and putting the power back in their own hands. So not only were they taking control of their nutrition, their lifestyle, but taking control of their belief systems, the support environment of who they hang out with. Um, so they were around people that understood and were propping them up with belief that to, to keep them turning up and, and doing it each day, you know, and uh, and it kind of highlighted all the things that I thought were mi- were missing in the in the bigger picture or scheme of things, and it just knocked me sideways. And and that's actually where 180 nutrition stories started to stem from. So I started looking at these strategies and what they were doing, and it was the first time I'd ever heard of a ketogenic diet or actually putting more fat in the diet. And uh, and it just shattered everything i'd learned and I, and i and i and when i came back into my world nobody was talking about this stuff no one and i remember trying to talk to people and they go hey have you lost the plot mate you know <laughs> what do you want about there was there was and there was no nothing really online like it's it's easy to to look at this today now we've had the paleo movement we've had you know the sugar movement and and it you know there's been a lot going on about low carb or, or even high fat whatever they want whatever people try and pigeonhole nutrition in and it it really was i felt really isolated and kind of wow what do i do with all this kind of information and the first thing i started doing was applying it to myself and started to explore more and then actually trying to find other people that were talking about this and that could make sense of it as well so because i wasn't sure which way to do it and and then from that as well because of the nutrition part of it was well let's strip out all the processed foods all the processed carbohydrates things that absolutely have no nutrients you know that feed the appetite but they don't feed the body and that's what most people are the way they're eating and let's look at how we can start to nourish the body on a daily basis combined with you know certain exercise strategies as well and one of the hurdles they were starting to come across is well what do i eat 
what, what, how, what, you know, you're telling me to stop eating all this food, uh, you know, and especially the sort of the older generation, you know, is brought up on toast and cereal and sandwiches and, and, and it was just that. And when you start stripping that out, it's, it become confusing. And, and of course, trying to not only increase the nutrient value, but the protein value and the fat value and, and actually at least put complex carbohydrates into their diet. And, and that's where our 180, protein superfood that's come well known over the last seven years came from because it's like well how can we make something that's actually made out of real food that gives people nutrients as as opposed to just a chemical based process which a lot of um especially in the fitness industry and especially back then um consisted of that we felt were detrimental to their health because it could affect you know the gut health which you know had the knock-on effect and so forth so we came up with that 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 idea of formulating that product and then when i came back to sydney it's like how can i change people's perceptions about the way they eat and what they do and especially in the fitness industry because at the time steph i felt there was like um a divide there was a very hippie woo woo kind of you know industry going on that was kind of very alternative and on the other end there was this fitness industry count your calories every product had a you know a shredded guy or a bikini clad woman on it and and uh, and there was no kind of well why can't we just i don't know eat real food and and look at this objectively and 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 make sense of it moving forward and and that's what we've tried to do with 180 and that's how it started um seven years ago Basically, there was two of us, myself and Stu, who I'd met probably a year into the journey, pretty much. Yeah, I think that's a really fascinating story. I mean, because you've been doing it for longer than most, you know, just the way nutrition was viewed back then, say when you were working with those elite athletes, how, you know, obviously very food pyramid, um, high in refined carbohydrates, you know, everyone gets to the point where they have that light bulb that that does not make sense. And I think that's what's so amazing about nutrition is because when you teach someone real food, you don't need to convince them. You know, it's so clear that real food is the answer and that, you know, when you start to unpack what you were taught at school or at uni or however, that, you know, that is that actually can't be true. So in a way, it makes our job easier. Because, you know, there's been a huge movement, but it makes so much sense because all we're asking is to remove human interference. Correct. Yeah, correct. And and I think as well, because of the internet and podcasts just like this and information and blogs and, and you know, the, the sort of grassroots movement coming through as well, you start to hear more and more testimonials if you like people that are having these changes and it's making a great big difference in their life and you know for the the person that sits on the fence that might you know dismiss it or could have dismissed it 10 years ago when you start seeing that and seeing is believing then it kind of inspires other people to go oh well if they're doing it and they're getting this great result and they're raving about it they look better they're happier they're doing good things their performance has improved in the gym or as an athlete or whatever they might be doing you know word gets around and and it's great and there's definitely there's definitely been a huge shift over the last few years undoubtedly 
Oh, I think absolutely. And you would have seen that the most. I mean, you said at the start of your story how, you know, when you started to get into nutrition more, people thought you were literally falling, like, you know, falling out of a tree or that you had lost the plot. And I think, you know, I definitely experienced that when I first started the natural nutritionist. I was a yeah. myth buster. I had to try and convince people that eggs wouldn't kill them and that fat <laughs> would give them heart disease. And, you know, it, it wasn't an easy time. I literally felt like every, say, consultation I had or, say, Facebook interaction I had was hard work trying to convince yes. people that what they had been told for their entire life in most cases was not the right way to eat yeah 100 percent. and look and i can totally relate to that and you know when we brought out the the, the original product at 180 superfood people are like what the hell are you doing mate <laughs> literally you know because the the the, the, the Nobody could conceptualize what I was trying to do. I mean, we were the first to do it mm. pretty much, you know, and actually go, hey, guys, maybe you want to start looking at the ingredients of what you're actually putting in your body. And we wanted to highlight that fact in such a way. And, um, you know, and and working at the gym, especially like because, you know, there were some big guys in there that could lift lots of weight. Right? And I remember and I remember just grabbing one holder because I, I knew them all. I mean, I worked at that uni for seven years and it was like my village. You know, I just knew everyone in there. It was fantastic. And and I remember grabbing one of them. I was like, mate, you got to trust me. I, I, I just want you to remove this this protein that you drink every 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 day what you're doing after your workout and everything and replace it with this and this is just more real food but hear me out and and just see how you go and because he removed something that was actually causing an underlying inflammatory response that he didn't realize because of what was in it um and actually placing something that was real food and high in protein but very fibrous as well it was it was like this triple effect because it was making him more regular which was helping remove more toxins then he was removing the inflammatory food and then was replacing something that had more nutrients in compared to what he'd been eating as well. And within a, the month, he didn't really notice the changes. And it wasn't actually any miracles or anything. It was just basic nutritional stuff. And when he came back and it was like, holy shit, this is <laughs> what, what's going on? I know. You know, and, and it was like, right, like if this if I can do it at one person, I can, you know, we can really get this message out there. And then, of course, it was then figuring out how the hell do you do that? Because I'd never tried to do it before. You know, and uh, fortunately, we live in a world where a lot of technology is freely available. And if you're willing to put a bit of sweat and grunt into it, um, you can make things make things work. And uh, and that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. But I'm with you, like in my postgrad or during my postgrad, I worked at this vitamin store that was mainly selling those huge, crazy bulk building protein powders with the muscly people on the front, like you mentioned before. And, yeah. you know, when you look back now, it's so ironic that these are the people that invest so much time and money and, and energy into their fitness or their appearance or whatever their goal might be, yet, you know, none of them realised what absolute garbage they were putting in their putting their body through with that consumption, particularly post-training when we know that recovery is, you know, super yeah. important. So it's great that you could obviously, you know, be exposed to that market to then look at, what you could offer them that was, you know, essentially um, just a, a substitute. So you you weren't saying, you know, okay, that's it, you can't have protein powder because that would have been quite polarising, but you were obviously offering something that was far superior that they could then incorporate into their lifestyle. And 
obviously it's much more um, far-reaching than that with your audience now, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and uh, it's the biggest thing I've learned as well is how the industry works, even from a business perspective as well. And we see that in the food industry constantly, you know, I don't know how much of a shock this would come to many people, but I can tell you, you know, when you look at the big supermarket chains like Coles and Woolies and things like that, and they're looking to bring products in to that, and this happens within the supplement industry as well, sadly, is that they don't look at what's the best possible nourishing product I can give that person. And what they look at is, well, how much is that going to cost? How much is that ingredient cost? What's the cheapest we can make it for to allow as much money as we can to market and budget this thing and push it for all it's worth. And then when that cycle dies out, we'll create another one and remarket it and do it and push on forward, you know, and, and we all get caught up in a costing thing as well and just look at the the end price and don't actually question what's what's actually going in it in the first place. And we're, we're competing against that. And there are other great companies out there doing the same thing as well, you know, and yeah, trying to get that across is is can be can be can be difficult sometimes, especially when we're we're so busy. You know, we live in a, a modern lifestyle is is stressful. You know, we shorten time. The easiest thing to do is is drive past the supermarket on the way home and pick up something to eat and bang it in the microwave and and have no question of what we're actually doing to our bodies. You know, with a little bit of thought and preparation and just a different approach can have these huge impacts on people. I totally agree with you. And I think this is where the problem lies, right? I mean, maybe 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, we didn't put too much effort into reading an ingredients list so we could be forgiven. But in this day and age, it's just lazy. Like I am so sick of seeing products that say made with coconut oil on the label and Mm -hmm. seeing it in someone's fridge only to read the actual label and realize that it's still full of our refined seed oils and coconut oil might make up 1%. Like, You've got to yes. be smarter than the marketing campaigns on the front of the packet that, you know, we got we, we got in that trap 10, 20 years ago when we were eating all those 97% fat-free foods. So today, when we know that that food isn't healthy, we've got to be smarter again and actually read the labels because we're, we're still getting tricked. Oh, 100%. And that will never change because mm. ma- manufacturers will always jump on the latest trends. But I think it can change if people are more savvy. Yes. Like the whole yeah. I'm busy or going to cold at, at night after work is actually not an excuse because health is all you've got. So you've got to invest the time and be smarter than the, than the companies that are, that are still trying to pull the wool over your eyes yeah well you every time you purchase something that's a vote mm-hmm. whether you're for or against it ultimately right mm. and and like you, if, yeah, absolutely if you get enough people voting against it because they're purchasing something else that, then they, they have to change you know but um yeah it is interesting and the industry's changed for sure this whole time you know that i've seen it and, and people are questioning things now which is fantastic well you know we're mm. creating that change so yes. we've got yeah. to continue to to stop that um, that I guess that process of just using poor quality cheap ingredients, but you know, make pretending that it's something else. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and this is where my head goes, and I was like, oh, well, if I got it wrong with nutrition, we've been taught what else might there be out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> that I, I believe to be true and is not, you know? So it's it's kind of, I, lo- I love the term healthy skepticism now. So I, I kind of remain open to as many things as possible and question everything, but don't dismiss things either and just start exploring them and, and have fun with it because um, you never know what's around the corner. And I think it's fantastic. Best way to live. That's how I'm finding it. Totally. And we're learning so much more with the evolution of science that I think we'll continue to have our minds blown about what, you know, what we are exposed to moving forward. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So tell us a little bit more about your podcast and um, maybe some of the amazing guests that you've had and what the plan is for 180 Nutrition, the health sessions. Yeah, look, I just like you, Steph, I love podcasting and and I kind of I think I think it's four it's either three and a half or four and a half years we've been podcasting. I'll have to check. I'm not sure. And you don't, um, you don't number your episodes. I don't know what you're up to. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. And I and there's a reason for that. And I thought if I number it, it's gonna push the title of the person across and then the title of the um the the um name of the episode across as well. And yeah. I thought so I made a decision, and that was when I first started, and I didn't know whether that was the right one or not, but I kind of stuck to it ever since. I didn't fancy going back and renumbering them all. <laughs> you know. But I think we're up to close to 100, roughly, yep. something like that. And we were a bit sporadic at first, and now we're consistent once every 10 days. And if I can free some more time up within the business, I'll move to once a week. That's that's my, my dream goal. Once a week is high pressure, let me tell you that. <laughs> I, mate, I, I hear you. Like. Like one te- once every 10 days, I'm feeling the squeeze, yeah. you know. Um, but um, it's funny when I kind of learned all this information, you know, before anyone was really talking about it, podcasts were the first sort of place where I started to find people that were. And I was like, ah, this is fantastic. And and um, and I remember listening to a Dave Asprey podcast many years ago, and he was the first one I heard started talking about some of the things that I was I was finding and it just got me curious and I found podcasts to be really helpful but not only that I really started to um I don't know feel a deeper connection with the people that were hosting them as well and and they just made a great impact in my life and while 180 was growing and we were we were I don't know just establishing the brand I thought I would really love to get a podcast out there and contribute what I've learned so far to the world, not only that, but, you know, start investigating and bringing on people that I find might share a similar message and actually tap into their wisdom. So not only do I learn, but then I can share it with everyone else to learn too. And it just, just kind of worked, you know, and, and, and I remember um, going to see Nora Gagaudis um, speak many years ago and, and, she really, her book, Primal Body, Primal Mind, spoke a lot about the things I'd actually been learning at the the charity. And I was just just blown away by this. And I was like, this this is fantastic. And and I went and I met her and she signed my book and all the rest of it. And, and I remember doing a little video testimonial and she ended up sharing it on a Twitter feed and it got stuck on her website. And I thought, wow, that, that was random. So I then I just reached out to her and said, would you come on our podcast? And I think we'd recorded five episodes. Oh, it was wow. like really not much. And she said, yeah, sure, guy. I was like, oh, okay. That wasn't hard. And then, <laughs> so we did the interview with Nora and from that point on, I was like, wow, okay, well, who else can, if Nora came on, who else could I get on? And um, 
and just started from there and just started reaching out. But the interesting, the one thing for me now is that um, it, I've also got to prepare for these interviews, you know, to make sure I'm up to speed about what they're talking about and, and what, you know, what's the latest thing they're up to. And, and it forces me to, to continue to learn and evolve at the same time. So in a nutshell, that's what podcasting has done for me. And it's taken me places that I had no idea no idea that I would end up and uh and in fact it's changed it's I would go to say it's changed the whole direction of my life really from podcasting uh, if you can believe that no it's amazing uh, you've obviously had some fantastic guests so it is just I think also people are really um appreciative of you allowing them to share their story like it does go both ways 100 percent, yeah mm. yeah yeah you're giving them a platform to to share from as well mm. like you today for me you know if you didn't have a podcast i couldn't get this story across yeah. and tell people what you know and hopefully people will benefit from that and it, it, it works both ways and i also think from a business point of view like back in the day when you had to do I don't, i've never done it but like you know newsletter drops or whatever marketing techniques were used back then you know, I I always ask my clients how they heard of the natural nutritionist, and it's often from a podcast. Yeah, that's right. where the world is at the moment. Yeah, it definitely, especially now. I think the last eighteen months, podcasting has exploded. You know, and I've noticed it from us as well. You know, it's like we're, we were fortunate enough to start early enough to sort of be there and around there, and then I don't know that everything just seems to be going more downloads every month you know we, we sit higher at the charts more often just seems to just to happen organically and as long as you continue to add value to people um it will be there yeah awesome i love listening to your show so yeah no thank you what you're doing um, but i <laughs> wanted to switch um topics with you guy and just to talk a little bit more about um a couple of other areas of health and wellness that you're really passionate about yeah um so let's let's maybe you can share your story with um, stress and stress management and what you're up to these days from a meditation or um, management point of view. Yeah, for sure. So hands down for me, meditation now has probably been the biggest game changer in my life over the last twelve to eighteen months. Simple as that. And and I never in a million years would have thought I would be saying that. Right. So that's the first thing because mm-hmm. meditation is such a topic that. I like, oh, really? Do I have to? I don't get it. Why, why, why even bother in the first place? And, and I was always curious, but every time I sat down to meditate, and I, I got frustrated. I never, I, I, my, my brain would run amok and go, this is, this is just way too hard. And, and it was because of the podcast there. So, so we, um, we had a book sitting on our shelves called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I kept hearing his name coming up i'm not sure if you're familiar with his work or not but i haven't read the book but my partner has it at home so maybe i will (laughs) mate i tell you i tell you and it was sitting there and i kept skirting it and i'd pick it up now and then you know like a book will sit in the coffee table for a month or something and you know and i go oh this this is this joe bloke's really interesting and um and because of my wife at the time, she had brought the book home and she was doing a business course at the time and they were implementing Joe's work into the structure of the course. And she was coming back raving about him. And I thought, I, I've got to look into this guy. And I thought, I wonder if I can get him on the podcast. And I didn't appreciate how busy <laughs> he was at the time and how, like how, how much in demand he was. I naively just so I'll try and get him on. Anyway, he agreed to come on. And, and um, so the next thing I know, I'm, I'm ferociously researching, researching yeah. 
Joe, Joe's work, looking at his TEDx talk, I thought, holy shit, this guy is quite incredible. And he came on and he was a, an amazing guy, an amazing story, and talking about the fundamentals of neuroscience. And I was just captivated. I thought, you, you're the first guy that actually makes any sense to me personally of why we do what we do and why we should meditate to, to change and break the habit of being yourself, them, them, them subconscious programs that run over and over that we can't seem to change. And he was coming to Australia two weeks later in Melbourne. And I thought, right, I'm going. I'm, 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 I'm going. So I literally fly down there, go to his two-day workshop. He starts going into the, the, the science and the mechanics behind everything. And, and we were doing meditations do, during the two, uh, two days. And I loved every second of it. And I thought, this is now, now I get it. Now I get it. And then, and then he was doing an advanced workshop in, in, uh, he does them about four times around the year. And myself and my wife decided to do, uh, one in Mexico that he did. And it was five days of intense, um, theory and meditations and some of the meditations were up to four hours right wow and that terrified me and i thought i'm going i have to go and they were flying another neuroscientist so so i was so when we got there i had all my brain scans measured through eeg machines they were doing heart uh, heart rate variability measurements as well and they were measuring um the the energetic um, environment of the room through certain cameras as well and they had 500 people there so this was this was a rocking energy as you can imagine it's like going to a football game or something you know if the more people you get there you could just feel it and it was like that and it just and and the penny dropped it's as simple as that's all i can say in terms of being able to actually stop the analytical mind from thinking and going beyond that and then being able to bring that back into a daily practice you know, because it's like anything, you might do an intensive workshop, you might do an intensive Tony Robbins or or whatever it might be. And you're like submersed in this topic for four or five days, and like boom, boom, boom. And that's great. And that gets you hyped up and you take charge, but you still have to turn up and show the work every day, every month, every year, or whatever you, direction you want to take yourself, whether it be business, health, nutrition, life, or whatever. And it was the same for this. So I came back and, and I've just been implementing his work daily not attached to an outcome it's a process i get it and i'm just curious to see where it takes me and it's taken me way beyond that i ever imagined and that's only been a year and i've met people that have been doing this stuff for many years and um it's incredible because it, it allows you to sort of start to handle stress in a very different way because you perceive the world differently because you, you you're you're allowing that monkey mind to switch off yeah. and actually start to observe that for the first time as opposed to being caught up in it because i think the biggest trap that we have is that we think we are our thoughts but we are able to observe our thoughts and actually start to notice and go well is that can i justify that thought or not is that actually real right now or is that how i perceive it to be real and then once you can start thinking about those things you can start making different choices and once you start making different choices that can have an impact on you and the way you are because we now know you know, the, the, some of the biggest causes of inflammation and inflammation being one of the root causes of chronic disease um, is stress. And for me, you know, we, we live in that just makes sense to how can we diffuse stress and, and stress forms in very different ways, obviously chemical, physical and emotional. But um, from a from a mental stress point, 
I think it, it's just huge. So I, I do that. I was up 10 past five this morning, Steph, and I, I do my routine. I meditate until 10 past six. Fantastic. <laughs> but that took me 41 years of my life to get to that <laughs> yeah. point. I can't say I've made it to an hour yet, that's for sure. <laughs> well done. You know, but uh, And it's funny because it's not like – Oh, I meditate for an hour now. Can I get to an hour and a half? You know, and like the, the like this competition or ego kick no, in or anything. No, it's no. like I get to this point now where, wow, I I I I do my my brain just shuts down, boom, and you can observe it, and it's a really nice place to be. And then once you're there, it's like this is I'm actually really enjoying this. I don't want to move. I don't want to get up yet. I don't want to get out. You know, or, or whatever. So. And that, that's when the time, it's a bit like people that might do running, you know, the, the thought of them running 10Ks is like, oh, my God, you know, if they don't run, but if they run on a regular basis, the next thing they know, they feel like they could run forever because they're enjoying the process. You know, I think that's a really good analogy because like you said at the start of this topic, people are really resistant to it and they think you're totally woo-woo or hippie, um, but it literally is because it's unfamiliar to you. So it's just like if someone asks you to, yeah, like run a marathon, you can't do that unless you've practiced or trained. Yeah. It's mm. the same. You go to the gym, anything. Yeah. The, the moment I embody the feeling. So I, I, I'm a very sense, like a, a sensory person. Mm. I'm not very, you know, people can throw data and stats at me all day and go, you know, this is how it is. And I'm like, whatever. I, 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 I struggle with that. But then I like, I need to, I need to submerse myself into it to, to feel it. And that's how I learn from the feedback that I've, I'm getting in my body. And, and I apply that with nutrition and everything like, Oh, do I feel better or worse? You know, it's as simple as that, you know, oh. and, and it's the same with this. And the, the, the moment I started to actually feel it, I could, I could then conceptualize it. And then it just made me hungry for more. And then I think once you can light that spark and have that hunger, that drive behind it, you know, because I, I finally switched in my head that I was going to it was more pain to me if I didn't do this stuff than if I did do it where my psychology used to be. The thought of sitting down to do it was painful. And then I finally got to the point if I don't do it, it's painful. If I do it, think, oh, think of the, the benefits. What could I really get from this? And that's how I try and tackle everything now is focus on the the, the benefits, the, the things that the reason why I'm doing it for. And if I can end up focusing more on that, and meditation actually helps you focus more on that. So it's like, you know, it's like a vicious circle, but the opposite way you, you get momentum and then and then you just sort of run with it and see where it takes you. Yeah, fantastic. I'll link. um. Joe Dispenza's work in the show notes. I think that sounds like a very good place to start at least. Hopefully yeah. he's in Melbourne again soon. He's going, he's going to be in Perth in April. Okay. And it's a good place for people, like, if they want to check out our interview with him, just go to our podcast and just look up Joe Dispenza. Yeah, absolutely. You've got an episode with him there as well. And it looks yeah. like he's going to be in the Gold Coast in May. All right. Yeah, that's a bit closer than Perth for me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right, lovely. And we were chatting off air. You've been um, also experimenting with the Wim Hof method. So yeah. could you give us a little bit of a summary as to what that is, um, just for those who aren't across Wim's work and maybe just your own personal experience, Guy? Sure, yeah. Well, right. Wim Hof, the Iceman. I first heard him on a podcast over a year ago. I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm. And uh, a couple of people, when people start talk, saying, oh, have you heard of this guy? Because they know I'm like, 
on the fringe. I'm, I'm I'm constantly looking to see what's out there. And if anything's a bit left field, for some reason, people like telling me that. And because um, <laughs> you said hippie and everything, I'll yeah, say exactly. Alternatives. So I exactly. And so I normally get alerted quite quickly to things. And I was like, oh, I'll check this Wim guy out. And uh, I listened to him one day being interviewed, and I thought, this guy's this guy's a freaking legend. I don't know. I don't know if he's crazy or not. But I love his, I just love his authenticity. Like he really just lives his life from the heart. That's as simple as that. And uh, and essentially, he is a guy that holds 26 world records when it comes to ice exposure or cold exposure. And he's been able to train his body in such a way and adapt um, to these harsh environments and do things. But there, there's a deeper message that's going behind him. So, so like for instance, Wim holds the the world record for sitting in ice. Yeah. So, like he gets in a tank, he's covered his. The only thing that's sticking out of his head is his neck. It's just ice, you know. It's cold. I mean, it's going to be freezing. And I think he, he just under two hours, he sat there and he was able to control his heart rate. Now, now if you look at previous science, that's like, well, you you, you get hypothermia and you die. And he's like, well, no, I can actually control my my body to respond accordingly. And he's climbed Mount Everest in his shorts, right, with no oxygen mask. Yeah. He's he's run a he's run a marathon in Finland in minus twenty degrees Celsius barefoot, right, in his shorts. Like, I mean, he, 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 I, when I first hear that, I'm like, what, what what's going on? How can he do this? What what is happening? And and now his message to the world is 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 basically saying, hey guys, we're actually much more powerful than we think we are. We, we are able to become the best version of ourselves. And and he believes everyone deserves to be happy, healthy, strong. And through these techniques that I've been sort of exploring for all my life, is I've realized that you can tap into your own systems using uh, breath work cold exposure and also uh, a, men- a mental awareness through meditation and things that you can you can actually influence the autonomic nervous system now that's basically your, your flight you know you've got the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system that runs down your spine and they influence your stress responses or whether you go into deeper relaxation responses and as you can imagine most of us sit <laughs> sit in the fight or flight mode half the time so I heard that. We reached out to him. He came on the podcast. We had him for an hour interview, and I was absolutely fascinated by it all. But then it's like, well, how do, is this practical? Can you take this? Is there is there any way, you know, if you said to most people, oh, yeah, sit in a nice bath twice a week, off you go. They go, you gotta be, you, you're crazy. Why would you do that? And he then when we had the boss he's like oh i'm coming to i'm coming to australia next year why don't you come down to the to a retreat i'm holding so i decided to go and the retreat was literally a five days intensive of breathwork ice baths and meditation and basically exposing yourself to extreme cold exposures and that terrified me i thought well how am i going to do this and but i'd made the commitment and this is one of the the greatest things I've learned about anything in life, Steph, and that's if you if you you know 
you either you're either all in or you're not sometimes and 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 if you give yourself a deadline you go right i'm gonna i'm gonna just have a crack at this it forced me to take action and i was very curious to explore these ideas anyway but every time i thought about jumping in an ice bath i was met with fear and resistance but then i'd finally made that deadline of right i'm gonna go and spend five days of whim i better get on with it So I started. So I started actually exploring. I started with cold showers, and I incorporated in a certain breathwork style he does, which over oxygenates the body and actually puts it in a slight alkali state for the day. And uh, and now he's been like a, a human science guinea pig, especially over the last few years as his profile's gone, because he's like he wants to be studied to to get the science behind what he's actually doing to his body. Yeah. And and he's basically allowing you to build up your immune system so if your immune system is strong it's much harder to get sick you know it's much harder to break down because it's like anything we like if you even look at chronic disease or anything i'm going off a bit of a tangent but from what i can tell from you know doing this over the last seven eight years is that what everyone's telling me is that you generally the weakest link breaks first and once that weakest link breaks that's when you end up in a whole host of trouble with illness and disease and but if you can prevent that breakage through daily lifestyle practices and and the the, the breath work and cold exposure has a direct impact on the immune system on the cells on the micro, my, uh, mitochondria function as well and it's uh, it's helping the immune system now wim was was actually um he did an experiment where they they injected E. coli into him, so a bacteria to test his immune system, and his and and this was scientifically recorded, and his body rejected it within twenty minutes, and they've gone well. That's ridiculous. You're you're a freak of nature. That's just not normal. And he said, "Well, give me twelve, give me twelve people." And five days, and I'll train them and see if we can do the same. So for the study, they 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 they, they got eighteen random volunteers to do it. Wim took them off to Poland for five days, <laughs> pushed them intensively. Then they picked twelve of the eighteen, and then they did the same experiment. And every single one of them didn't get sick straight off the, after that. So I read about this study. Yeah, I think it was fascinating where scientists were assuming that everyone would be severely affected by the E. coli because that's, I guess, the normal response to exposure. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and they weren't. So so he's, he's created a stir online. And and for me, just like trying to keep a healthy scepticism, I love exploring these things anyway. It kind of goes hand in hand with everything we're doing from the podcast into the business. And, and, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out how I've – implementing all these things into my life how it's affecting me and then and then moving forward how can i pass that message on to others you know um that are looking for i guess change or 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 simple effective strategies that you can bring into 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 your life on a daily basis with just a slightly different mindset and attitude around it Yeah, yeah just exploring obviously the health benefits for you individually i think though um you know, I was listening to Wim on a Tim Ferriss podcast um, some time ago now and if we sort of go back to our conversation about stress, I think this is where I find it quite interesting because he's obviously got this amazing power over his over his mind, sorry, which affects his total physiology. So everyone expects him to be like that these situations are stressful, for example, like they would be to somebody else. Like there was an example where he was swimming beneath an ice cap. Um, yes. 
and he wasn't wearing any, go- any goggles and he couldn't see where he had to get out of the water. And um, he basically just, you know, he wasn't stressed at that time. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's just incredible. And it, it, there's almost like a primal animalistic instinct within us that sometimes, and, you know, when you turn up the heat enough or the pressure enough, you know, we that, that will kick in because there's a survival mode. And I think this is where a lot of even meditation will come back into this uh, kind of work as well because, you know, you can either react or respond to things. And um, depending on uh, how well you control your mind. And, and he's a big believer in, in intention is everything. So where you put your intention, you know, attention goes, energy flows kind of thing. And, and he's doing that with his own body and influencing how it responds. And that's just a perfect situation. But imagine, you know, the think of the, the stresses that we have on a daily basis, right, from business decisions to whatever that might be, family decisions and so forth. And if you can, can not get caught up in the emotions and hormones of stress and actually because once you're in a high beta uh, brainwave pattern and you're 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 you know you're in that stress state all the time you can't really rationalize your responses correctly i mean think about how many times you make an irrational response that you regret later because you were angry or worked up or whatever and you go oh shit i shouldn't have done that actually <laughs> you know a few, <laughs> yeah, a few days later so it's like if we can bring ourselves out of that and actually start thinking about the situation where I'm just like responding uh, accordingly to the situation and making it no more or no less of what it is, then I think that that will help our lives tremendously on a daily basis. It has to. Yeah, definitely. Because you, know? you can also experience high levels of stress in any situation if that's how you're feeling or that's what your automatic reaction is. You know, you could be feeling stressed lying in bed thinking about your day. Exactly. Or you be stressed about jumping out of a plane. Like it's it's – you yeah and you know and that's the thing you can check an email and the next thing you know you got an email that come in that was something you didn't necessarily want to hear at nine o'clock at night or five o'clock in the morning or whatever it is you're checking on your phone because we have access to this now and then that triggers off a thought and then that thought will grow and then all of a sudden it'll become this big thing and you've just gone off like a while your thought has gone off like a wild stallion and the next thing you know you're then creating over and over and over and over again, the hormones of stress that actually are only there for you when you really need to deal with that situation once. But we we keep repeatedly the patterns. And and the thing is, you know, stress is a good thing as well um, if done in, in a, the right controlled environment, like cold exposure, like that actually really stresses the body. But if it's done in a controlled environment and you let your body recover from it, it will overcompensate. Just like lifting weights, brilliant form of stress. Even certain challenges and mental stresses we need, but we just don't need it chipping away at us day in, day out, all the time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But learning how to control your physiology, I think, is really, really important. Massively, yeah. And it's been a great gift that I've given myself over the last couple of years doing this stuff and I'm forever grateful for it. And, and, you know, in terms of, I think you mentioned like, you know, where are we looking in the future as well? Um, you know, one of my greatest passions is to do more public speaking. Mm. That's going to be my goal for 2017. Um, along with even doing uh, workshops and retreats that are going to start incorporating all these philosophies that I've kind of looked at over got years and years and years and go right how can we sort of bring this in and, and actually get people feeling these processes that we talk about but we quite often don't get 
you know so uh yeah i think it's gonna be really exciting exciting yeah, times awesome. can't wait to see what you do yeah me neither <laughs> <laughs> all right team we'll head to 180nutrition.com.au and check out the health sessions on itunes thanks so much for your time today guy i really love chatting with you great to have you on the show finally and i'm sure we'll touch base again soon yeah, hundred uh, percent. Privilege to be invited on, Steph, and uh, hopefully everyone got something out of that. Yeah, awesome. and if anyone's ever got any questions about what I've talked about, just uh, yeah, drop us a line through our website, and it'll get to me some at some stage. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again, guys. Speak soon. Cheers, Steph. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.